Oh my goodness, we can do better than that. Y'all are so nice church people. Come on. I said good morning, people of God. Oh, it's too beautiful outside to just go, oh, good morning. Right? This is the Lord has, this is the day the Lord has made. We can rejoice. We are so blessed to have you with us, both in person and for those of you online. Hopefully, as you came in today, you received uh, communion cups. If not, raise your hands, flag us down. And if you're at home, grab your communion, uh, uh, your bread and some wine or grape juice following our time of confession today. A couple of quick announcements. I wanted to share that this Wednesday, yes, as in three days from now, is Ash Wednesday, where we begin this journey that we call Lent. Forty days set aside to dig a little deeper with our faith. And we encourage you to start that journey with us this Wednesday, 7 o'clock. Uh, and for all the following Wednesdays, for the next five Wednesdays after that, we're going to be doing something as a community together where you don't have to know anything beforehand. You just come and participate. We're going to do dinner worship. Worship at the table, we're going to call it. So we're having supper together at 6.30 on Wednesday nights. And then throughout that supper time at our tables, we will have a, a group facilitator and through uh, conversations and activities and just getting to know one another, some meaningful fellowship. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time. I promise you will find worth in, in it. It will have a lot of value for you. So all we ask is that you sign up online. So whether through our website or the constant contact email that goes out each week, um, all that is available. If you want to look back to the one that came last Wednesday, it's there as well, just so we know how many people to prepare the meal for. So uh, that's coming up Ash Wednesday, this Wednesday, the group time the next Wednesday. We're still collecting supplies for the homeless this month. We're uh, taking twin sheets and blankets and uh, men's hygiene uh, uh, items all out in the entryway there as you walk in the door. Uh, we'll be doing that for the month of February. We're also collecting some items for college care packages that we're going to be sending out at the beginning of March. So we're looking for things like ramen, because that's what you eat when you're in college, right? Or mac and cheese cups, or uh, candy, uh, little poppet toys, what are like fidget spinners, what, things like that, right? Things that will completely distract them when they should be learning. <laughs> no. uh, just little things that say, we love you and we're thinking about you. Uh, this, you know, especially... Uh, uh, moving forward now with uh, all that's going on in the world, right? So it's, it's such a good thing to share with our kids. Uh, so collect that stuff. Again, we're, we're making those packages on March 4th. Wanted to invite members of our council to come forward. We're going to be having our annual meeting in about a month from now. And along with that, we have a couple positions open. So I just wanted to come and have some of our council members introduce themselves to you and uh, share a bit about who they are, what they do. And uh, if you have questions about council, these are great people to talk to. So go ahead and kick us off. I'm sure. Hi, good morning, everybody. My name is Susan Finley, and I'm your council president. And we really need a couple more volunteers to join our group because we're losing a couple people. And I know everybody's going, I don't have time for that. But I work full time. I'm a dance mom. It really only is one meeting a month. And everything else, they text me because I never read my home email. And so we just need a little bit of a couple more people's time because there's a whole business aspect of a church, and we need to run the church, too, and we need help making those decisions. So that is me. Hi, I'm Joe. Uh, 
I am the current vice president and the discipleship member of the council, and I am one who will not be returning after next month. My position will be up for election. I, uh, I've been honored to serve with these people. It's been a tremendous blessing in my life, and I can't tell you how good it feels to be a part of being on the front lines of making sure this congregation as a family and a community and a building is well taken care of. So I want to encourage anyone anyone who can spare one Thursday night a month and like a couple hours of brainwaves throughout the month to come up with ideas and process things. That's all we're asking from you. Like an hour and a half a month and a little bit of thinking. And I can see from some of your faces that you can do that. So we would highly recommend it. We have one of them, actually we have a couple people who didn't make it today, but one of them sent me a quick message and that's from uh, Maria Gayhart, And she is our council secretary, and she wanted to let everybody know that in addition to council, she's involved with a bunch of other stuff around the congregation, and she also wants to encourage you guys to come forward and run for council because she feels that it's a great way to stay connected and serve in the decision-making for this church. And again, that kind of echoes what I was saying. So I would encourage you all, please, to uh, pray on it and reflect on it. And uh, even though I'm not running for election or going to be on council in the next couple of weeks, if you have questions... Come bug me. I got you. Good morning. My name's Frank Zeig, and I'm the evangelism uh, person on council. I'm just finishing my first year. And uh, prior to my wife and I coming to King of Kings, we were at a church for many, many years that wasn't Lutheran. And so one thing that I'm learning on council is how a Lutheran church works and um, it's been a real learning experience. Um, if you're unsure about being on council, we encourage you to attend meetings. Meetings are open to everyone. So come to a few meetings. You'll see what it's like, and I'm sure you'll feel, I can do that. Uh, so please keep that in mind. Hello, my name is Christine Hamm, and I will just echo everything that has been said. I know. Uh, if you have never been on council or never been to a council meeting, it's a daunting thought. You're way overthinking it. Uh, rest assured, I have met some of the best people that I would never have met if I had not uh, stepped up to be on council. I am in awe of the brain power and the giving and just the wonderful caring people in this congregation. And so if you would consider even coming to a meeting to see how things are run and see how the council works, uh, you really, it's another step up in getting connected with this congregation. I can honestly say I've been in a couple different positions on council and I'm currently the treasurer and I love it. I love um, just the decision process and and the opinions because the more varied the council is, the more we represent the congregation. So don't think that you're too young, too old, uh, don't have enough experience. Trust me, you do. So if you're interested in serving the congregation, please, um, I urge you to just come to a meeting if you're unsure or if you feel like the positions that are open are not something that you're qualified for, you may actually be without realizing it. You don't have to have... Um, a degree, and a lot of things. Just come and see what we're all about. Honestly, it's a wonderful opportunity. Thank you. 
Hello, I'm um, Bill Muskokeman. I serve on the facilities. Um, I did it for um, six years. Um, I was asked by my wife to just get involved in one little project, and then little <laughs> did I know, I was on council for six years handling the facility. So I'm term limited out, and we're looking for somebody to backfill my position, and I'm here to support anybody that's willing to step up and, and help out. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. it. It is a little bit of work. I mean, you have to deal with the yearly contracts, but once that's behind you, it's pretty smooth. It runs itself. And then the occasional calls um, uh, throughout the week or sometimes at nighttime or on a weekend. But for the most part, it's uh, pretty rewarding. I serve on a lot of different councils and nonprofits, so I find time and it, it all works. So look forward to somebody stepping up. All right. Thank you all. Thank you. Appreciate you. It's funny because I can't help but wonder, okay, is it a compliment that they're saying it's really easy to do or am I setting the bar really low? I mean, what? <laughs> love it. We do have a great time. So uh, please at least prayerfully consider that. If you feel like maybe that is something you'd like to try, uh, let us know. Contact me or uh, any of our council members and ask questions. Uh, before we jump into worship here, um, I just really feel compelled to also acknowledge what happened earlier this week. Uh, as of Friday afternoon when I was writing this, uh, there had been 71 mass shootings in the U.S. just this year, 2023 alone. With another one, uh, with, an, uh, with another once again happening in our backyard here at MSU this last week, where a number of our college kids attend. Uh, with the families I was able to connect with, their kids were coming home. I think they canceled all of school that Thursday, Friday. And so the kids were coming home, and all of the moms and dads that I spoke to were just like, we can't wait for them to come in the, in the door to just hug them so much and tell them we love them so much until it gets awkward. <laughs> Which for a college kid probably isn't that long. But um, my own son, a seventh grader, we were up early on, on Friday morning, and he looked at me and said, Dad, I'm scared to go to school. When many of us were kids, we practiced tornado drills and fire drills in school in case of an emergency. Now, our children practice open shooter drills where a teacher is instructed to be the first line of defense, often asking the strongest in the class to get behind them and use them as a shield if necessary. That's our training right now. And I don't pretend to know any answers, but I for one am tired of our children's lives being a, a political issue of right or left or constitutional rights, once again, I find myself sad and angry knowing that things aren't going to change anytime soon. But in these hard times, what we can do, what I can do, is invite you to join me in prayer. So let us pray right now. Lord, in our shock and confusion, we come before you. In our grief and despair in the midst of hate and, and mental illness, in our sense of helplessness in the face of violence, we lean on you. For the families of those who have been killed, we pray. For the shooters of these awful crimes, Lord, help us to pray. For the communities that have lost members, their, their anger, grief, and fear, we pray.
for the church is striving to be your light in darkness beyond our comprehension, we pray. In the face of hatred, may we claim love, Lord. May we love those far off and those near. We may, love the, may, we, may we love those who are strangers and those who are friends. May we love those who we agree with and understand, and even more so, Lord, those we consider to be our enemies. Lord, have mercy. Guide us to better answers. Heal our sin-sick souls. Make these wounds whole, Lord. And all of God's people say, Amen. Oh, it's been a tough week. <laughs> With all that said, you know, just if I think we just take a collective deep breath right now, I think that'd be good. And let's just get busy loving on each other. So I invite you to stand as you are able and greet your neighbors with a word of peace, however you best see fit. Knuckles, handshakes, hugs. For those of you at home, type in a hello on your chat and reach out to our community. God is good regardless of what goes on in our lives. Let us pray. O God, in the transfiguration of your Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the witness of Moses and Elijah and in the voice declaring Jesus, your beloved Son. In all that, you foreshadowed our adoption as your children. Make us heirs with Christ of your glory and bring us to joy in its fullness. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever, and all of God's people say... Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father, from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our gospel today, we're going to jump right into it. It comes to us once again from the book of Matthew. Now in, the chapter, uh, in chapter 17, on this day that we call Transfiguration Sunday, we get this Amazing story. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and then led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Listen to him, get up, 
do not be afraid. If there were ever three words of instruction, command, and promise that I needed to hear right now, it's probably these three. But before we get into these three, maybe you heard at the beginning, okay, right from the first verse, it started with six days later. Well, any time that our reading starts with a, well, that just happened, it's probably good that we take a step back and kind of see what just happened. So so we're going to back up six days before this to get a, a bit of background where Peter has this awesome moment. They're walking along the road, and uh, Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Who do people say that I am? And they're kind of responding, you know, Oh, they think you're someone important. They think maybe you're John the Baptist. Maybe you're, uh, you know, the next prophet like Elijah. And Jesus says, Well, who do you say that I am? And Peter, good old Peter, we get a lot of Peter, he says, You are the Messiah. And it must have been an amazing moment because Jesus turns to him and basically says, Yes, Peter, you got it. That's exactly who I am. In fact, I'm so excited. I'm going to build my church on you. And I'm going to build my church on the truth that, yes, I am the Messiah. Okay, so this pretty awesome moment here. Well, not long after that, they have another moment where then Jesus continues to tell them about what the Messiah really is going to be. I mean, like... The fact that he has to be put to death. And once again, good old Pete, the first one to respond, says, No way! We are not letting that happen. Never, Lord! You can never be put to death. You are our Messiah, the one we were waiting for. No! To which Jesus responds, Get behind me, Satan! You're putting your thoughts and your needs above those of God's people. You're putting your thoughts on earthly things, not on divine things. Shame on you. So already you go from Peter being at probably the highest of the high, being so excited that Jesus just said, yep, I'm going to build everything on you, to now being called Satan. And in the midst of that, Jesus continues to teach about, you know, the importance of the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So I need you to serve people and the confusion that all brings in. So there's just all this going on, right? An emotionally charged time that Peter's in the middle of trying to figure this Jesus guy out. And then we come to today's reading. Okay? They just have this amazing moment. And sure enough, The first person to respond is Peter. And even before I got to what Peter was going to say, I had to like put the Bible down for a moment and just be like, oh my gosh. The journey that Peter's been on in just this week alone, right? Just within six days, all of this happened. He went from feeling thrilled that Jesus said, yes, You're so right, I'm going to build the future of Christianity on your shoulders. To then all of a sudden being called Satan and being at his probably worst moment of his life. To then all the confusion of the teaching, being uncertain about his future, Jesus' future, any future. And now in this moment being dazzled, perplexed, probably more than a little overwhelmed, the fact that Jesus just lit up like a million watt light bulb, The fact that uh, Elijah, (laughs) Elijah of all people, the greatest prophet, right? And Moses, the greatest of all of the, the people who brought the law, right? The crux of who they were was all there. 
And his first words are, it is good for us to be here. I'm going to set up shop. Lord, I'm going to make houses for you, for Elijah, for Moses. We're going to just sit here for a long time together. It's good. I mean, talk about a scary time, a confusing time, an exciting time, an uncertain time. I mean, there's just no way Peter knew entirely what to make of it. Even just in reading all of this, I don't know what to make of it. And as we take a step back from this mind-blowing event that I read for you today on this Transfiguration Sunday, this huge pivotal moment in the Bible, okay, especially for the book of Matthew, everything for Matthew hinges on this moment. Up until this time, Jesus is wandering the countryside, kind of wherever the Spirit leads him. And then they go up to this mountain, which I have to believe the disciples were just expecting it to be a time of prayer, like they had always done, had this mind-blowing experience. And then after this, Jesus heads toward Jerusalem. So it's at this moment where everything changes. It hinges on this reading. All the emotions, all the craziness. And I couldn't help but, again, put that Bible down and just be like, wow, it almost feels like what we're experiencing today, just in our society, in our lives. Like we know that there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of craziness, and it feels like it's such a big, important moment in our lives where it's kind of hinging on things. And this is what's absolutely hitting me today. That life is filled with, with crazy, confusing events, divisive language, increased tension, and this unclear picture of a future. Some of us dread what is happening. Some people are excited about it and seeing the future filled with potential. But I feel like we're all, in, we're all sensing that we're in some important times. Amen? You, do you feel that as well? It's not just me. This moment that we're living in. And in the thick of it all, I find myself drawn back into this reading and to these three key words that just stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Words of instruction, command, and promise. So let's sink our teeth into these a little bit. The first, the instruction. So while they're up there, Pete just says, it's good for us to be here. Let's set up shop. A voice from a bright cloud, right? James Earl Jones (laughs) booms, says, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Those words were like a beacon for me today. Listen to him. In fact, repeat after me. Everyone say, listen to Jesus. When the world seems crazy, we need more than ever to come to church, to turn to Scripture, and try to hear what God is trying to tell us. Because what we are experiencing has all happened before. This is not new. It might be different people. All this stuff that we're dealing with has all been going on for many, many years. And so it's good for us to turn to the histories, to Scripture, and see, well, how did they deal with it? How did God instruct them? How did Jesus teach them in their moments? And here's the deal. We as Christians, both here 
at King of Kings and throughout all of uh, uh, you know, churches throughout the world, throughout the U.S., we don't have to agree on everything. Okay, We're going to read something and see very different you know, points of view. I get that. But to me, I think we can agree that the best way to understand God is to continue to look to Jesus and listen to Him, to pay attention to what Jesus says and does, to the people that He's drawn to and reaches out to and helps and supports. I mean, for me in my own life, it's not that we have to agree on everything, but I know that throughout my life, the more I've tried to listen to Jesus and to what Jesus is really saying and doing in the Bible... It's changed how I see and know God. I do not have the same faith, even from two years ago. Because I'm continually trying to listen and hear things in a new way. Because life changes, it allows us to hear Scripture in a new way. That's why they call the Bible the living word. It's alive. Depending on where you're at in your life, different words are going to come flying off the page to you different promises. So I hear that instruction being so key, especially during these days of so much going on in our lives, to remind ourselves that it's important to listen to Jesus. Amen? I know. It's, yep, yeah, of course. We're like, yes, that's why we're here. Yes, thanks, Dave. Yeah. The second thing that really popped out to me is this command where Jesus says, get up. Right? So after this moment where there's this loud voice, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I'm well pleased, listen to him, the disciples drop. They cower in fear. And there's Jesus, and his first words are, get up. Everyone say, it's time to get up. Feels like every morning, right? Oh, it's time to get up. Except it's not just get up. The the Greek word that Matthew uses here is the same one the angels share with the women who are at the tomb after Jesus' resurrection. They say he's not here, he's been raised. That same word for get up, the angels use as raised. So it's really be raised up. Is what Matthew is, what Jesus is telling his disciples. Be raised up or be resurrected In this moment, right now, be resurrected. I mean, what's it going to take for you and I to hear Jesus calling us today to get up, to be raised, to be resurrected right now in the midst of these confusing, challenging, joyful, scary days? Be resurrected. I mean, maybe... Maybe it feels like just one more thing that you just can't manage right now. I get it. But don't sell God short here. When God commands something, like in Genesis, when God says, let there be light, guess what happened? There was light. Whether light wanted to come or not. (laughs) When God commands something, He not only commands it, but He also provides the energy and the will for it to come. The light didn't have to do anything. God gave everything it needed to be. So today Jesus commands, just as he said to his disciples, he now says to you, it's time. Time for you to get up. Time for you to be raised. Time for you to be resurrected right now. To new life. 
to make a difference, to be about the works of mercy and compassion and love to which God always calls us. I don't know about you, but especially throughout this pandemic, things have felt more exhausting, more challenging, just more, right? I see a lot of heads nodding. And in this command that Jesus gives for us today, I'm hearing it not only as a command, but also that he's going to provide what we need to make it happen so that we don't actually feel like we're doing anything more at all except a chance to experience more life. So today, today Jesus says, just like his disciples, he says to you, it's time to be resurrected in this moment. Time to get up. And third, right after Jesus says, it's time to get up, he follows it with a promise. And he says, do not be afraid. Everyone say, be not afraid. afraid. Say it again, be not afraid. Now say it like you mean it, be not afraid. This is the very center of the gospel I feel like you don't find any phrase more often than those words. Do not be afraid. And there's a reason why those words keep popping up. Why? Whether it's angels or God or Jesus, all saying, do not fear. Be not afraid. I feel like we need to hear that more now than ever before because the fears that we face, though they not all, they, they may not all be the same from person to person, right? They feel very real, don't they? I mean, just take a moment right now and shout out to me. What are some of the fears that either you or someone you know is dealing with right now? Illness. Loneliness. Fear itself. We're afraid of fear. Yes. More school shootings. More mass shootings. That 71 number that I shared probably increased by 10 over the weekend. Who knows? It's not 71 anymore. I know that. What else? Let's get real. Let's name them. Fear of dying, right? Every once in a while, the fear of terrorism or the shakiness of our lives, of our foundations of our society. We fear the anger that people have. We fear the diagnosis or the possibility. I mean, how many of us don't go to the doctor just because what we could be told? We fear losing our kids whether it be to college or to something much worse. We have a fear of missing out. We have a fear of not having enough. Of unexpected death, of COVID, of impending surgeries, of whatever the future might hold. Fear is a part of our, like the common fabric of our lives. And even though it may be different fears at different times for for the lot of us, right? 
To all of these different fears, the gospel reply is the same. Because God is the God of the past, the present, and the future, we need not fear. This isn't the same as saying that we're not going to have problems or that we're going to avoid the harm and tough times if we say these words. But it's recognizing that when we trust God with ourselves and our communities and believe that God is with us, we need not live in fear. And please also hear that in these moments when we are afraid, it doesn't mean that you are lacking faith or that you're weak. We all grow afraid at times, but it is to say that God didn't create us for death. Do you hear those words? God did not create us for death, but for resurrection. God doesn't want us to live afraid, but to move forward even and especially in uncertain times with courage and with confidence because we know that God walks with us and because of that, we need not fear. Even when life feels absolutely crazy and like things are falling apart, we need not fear. Those disciples at that time Can you imagine the emotions that are running through their heads? Probably feeling just lost amidst all of it. The craziness. The clouds are now speaking. There's booming going on everywhere. They drop to their knees and they don't know what's happening next. Maybe they're thinking it's the end of them. Must be the end of the world. And Jesus says, do not be afraid. And so we hear these words, this instruction, this command, this promise. Listen to Jesus. Get up. Do not fear. It's important to remember that these words are said about and by Jesus as he refuses to stay in the safety and refuge of that mountaintop. He could have turned to Peter and said, Yep, let's set up shop. I agree. Some houses here would be perfect. (laughs) This would be fantastic just to get away from it all. How often do we have that thought? I know at least once a day, right? Oh, I just want to get away from it all. And in the face of that, Jesus comes back down off that mountain into the realities of the world and of our lives, and he makes his way to Jerusalem knowing full well that that is the place where he will be tried, condemned, and put to death. He still goes. Because the world has no place for the encouragement and the hope that he had to offer. But the story doesn't end with only the courage of one man to find the world. It continues with the promise that God raised that one man from the dead so that all of us might have hope that there is more to life than what we can see. That God is and forever will be with us every step of our way. And that love and life are stronger than hate and death. Amen? May that be our focus today and every day. From the moment that we get up until the moment we go to sleep, may we have that wherewithal to think, okay, I need to listen to Jesus. 
What would Jesus do in this moment? What is Scripture telling me? How would Jesus approach this? And then in that moment, to be raised up in this moment right now, to be resurrected, to refuse to be the same person that you walked in as. You are armed with some amazing promises here. Don't be the same. Refuse to go home being the same person today. Be resurrected in this moment. And with all of that, do not be afraid. In all the uncertainty, we don't know what what an hour from now will bring, except for some pancakes in the social hall. I know those are going to be there. Outside of that, we don't know what this week's going to be like. In the face of that uncertainty, do not be afraid. Because the same God that created you walks with you. And not only is he with you, he is for you. And because of that, we can live with some excitement about what God might have in store for us in every moment. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for this word for the retelling of this amazing event of transfiguration where your glory and the glory of Jesus shone in a whole new way for these disciples and for each of us today. May this story become our story today. As if Jesus were speaking to us directly. That you, in your bright cloud, are speaking to us directly. The importance of listening to Jesus to be changed and resurrected in this moment and to move forward in life not being afraid of what's to come but daring to believe that because you are with us we can look forward to life coming. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. Called together to follow Jesus, we now pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Embolden your church, O God, each and every one of us, as it witnesses to the majesty and mercy of your Son. Move us to share our stories of your faithfulness and forgiveness. May our lives proclaim your greatness. God of grace, Hear our prayer. Dwell with your whole creation from the tallest mountain peak to the deepest valley. Bless the work of organizations that protect vital habitats, especially our Great Lakes. Support the work of disaster relief agencies around the world. God of grace, hear our prayer. Guide and give wisdom to all who are in authority, our mayors and local leaders, our governor and state legislators, our president and national legislators. Bring freedom and justice to all nations. God of grace, hear our prayer. Give shelter to those lacking safe homes. Spur communities to work for fair housing for all. Protect our neighbors whose dwellings do not keep out dangerous cold or heat. Be with those who are homebound, sick, or those who are in greatest need this morning, especially those that we name now either silently or out loud.
God of grace, hear our prayer. Make us eager to receive your word in Scripture. Help us recognize Jesus' voice in the needs of our neighbors. Make us confident to follow the way of the cross. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we fail to, uh, to live as God invites and calls us to live. And so I invite you to use this confession together on the screen. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. This time I invite you to take out your communion kits or your bread and wine or grape juice at home as we prepare to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, thank, for, thank you for all the ways that you continue to support King of Kings, especially financially on your way out. There's some buckets uh, at the end of our service. For those of you at home, there's a QR code. Just know that every little bit adds up to making a profound difference in our community and for our people here. Finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. 
And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. Amen. Amen. May we each see that glory all around us this week as we listen, as we get up, and as we do not be afraid. With all that, people of God, may you go in peace and share that good news. Thanks be to God.